Welcome to the Pinion Combination Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher alongside Dick Briggs, making our inaugural appearance for the 2023-24 wrestling season. Uh, Coach Briggs, good to see you again. And you as well. Here we go. But uh, Buckle down, whatever. Strap your seatbelt in. Let's go. <laughs> yep. Fitting, uh, fitting time to come back here. Thanksgiving week. Uh, thankful to have wrestling season upon us. Uh, college wrestling is heating up. Uh, girl season is underway. We'll have some, uh, oh, some, we'll share kind of our hopes and and plans for the girls' uh, uh, reports and stuff here coming up, hopefully, um, in the future. Voice uh, season uh, about a week away. Um, but yeah, things are definitely uh, heating up, and uh, thankful that uh, we've got wrestling and uh, being able to do this uh, once again this season. Hallelujah! And boy, has it got off to a bang, especially at the college level. Obviously, the girls are started in high school. Boys uh, still have yet to start, but but uh, man, college! Holy cow! We'll talk about that, I'm sure. Yep, and. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about uh, some results from uh, various levels on the in the college ranks for for the men. Some of the women's uh, results, especially with you uh, uh, and I in, in their first season here. Um, we'll kind of look ahead to to the high school season and, and stuff. But one thing, uh, Coach, you wanted to do a little something different. Uh, this year, or add a little uh, something to the yeah. Pinning Combination podcast. Tell us a little go. bit about uh, what you want to do each week. So this is a – I'm going to just do it like a 60-second segment or less. So very quick quick hitter. What's on my mind? It could be a rant. It could be a rave. All right? So this year – this week, here's how we're starting. That was not a fair catch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was not a fair catch. Was, <laughs> clearly, this is a fair catch. That being said, sorry that, that that all of the injuries that happened, in particular Cooper DeGene, you know, as, as I'm referring to here. But congratulations to the Iowa football team for winning the West, in spite of the negative support from a large portion of their fan base. You know, some of the keyboard heroes need to be need to be positive and be a good fan rather than a negative fanatic. Uh, regardless of what happens in the Big Ten championship game, we get to turn on the TV, and 12 other teams in the Big Ten don't get to do that and watch their team play. So, out of the way, Iowa Hawkeyes, I'm, I'm proud of you. And you make you know what? A lot of people complain, but I was on the edge of my seat for every minute of the of their games. You know, it's just you know, yeah, they're close and they're uh, defensive, but so what? That's football. You know, it's just it's like a it's like a pitcher's duel in baseball, right? So anyway, Iowa State. Coach Campbell, you, you continue to surprise and impress me and with your progress and improvement and your, and your fighting your kids. UNI is always a tough out. And, uh, you know, they kind of tripped up against Southwest Missouri State. And lastly, why do we have to keep changing the weights and now I have to learn them again? It's probably about the 10th time since I've been around wrestling. So, anyway, that's it. <laughs> wow, coming out hot right out of the gate um, uh, with that. That's Cool. Um, you know, one thing I'll I'll kind of 
add, if you don't mind, when you mentioned you're on your seat for uh, uh, those close games, even though they're low scoring and everything, uh, you mentioned the pitcher's duel. One of my biggest pet peeves is this affiliation with run scored and action or, you know, that so for some reason people equate action with scoring yeah. and it irritates me that irritates me with baseball because baseball can be just as, as exciting and enjoyable with with a 1 1 0 2 1 game there are different aspects with defense and you know that pitcher batter uh, you know, you know, kind of going at each other, you know, the strategy in that, um, that people, I don't know if they're too dumb to understand it, you know, same thing, same thing can be said with wrestling too. Sometimes there are matches that are two, two oh, two one that. There may not be points scored, but there are a hell of a lot of scrambles. There's a lot of good wrestling. Just because both of them are at a certain level, it didn't produce a lot of points. Well, give sometimes... you a per per perfect example. You and I called it last year a couple of times, and we're going to talk about it probably a little bit, the Noctiborn Arnold matches. Very tight, very, not a lot of scoring and lots of action. And, and Yeah, they're like 3-2, you know. Um, but you had oh every one of those matches were right. really fun to watch. Yep. You know, and I just using this um as an example, um David Carr beats Dean Hamity two zero. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um do you think Caliendo's win against Ferret? At fifteen ten was more exciting and more enjoyable because it was fifteen ten compared to two zero. I don't think so, you know. And yeah, sure, Iowa Iowa had its moments with uh, you know the lack of offense, but still those games are still enjoyable. You know, maybe you can't see the forest through the trees when it comes to. You know, it's like success, but I can also see the frustration on the other side too. Right, um, and everyone has their everyone has their taste. Do you like mm -hmm. chocolate, vanilla, strawberry? I mean, you know, <laughs> do you like a, a slow scoring tight match, or do you like a wide open match uh, yep. game? Whatever. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about some of the matches that we had this last weekend. Um, we'll start with. Uh, Iowa's win over Oregon State. Remember uh, a couple of years ago, Oregon State was supposed to come to Carver and had travel problems. That's what led to uh, kind of a quick turnaround on bringing Army and Cal Baptist in. Uh, led to a neat little home and away with both of those schools. Uh, that I'm sure they're uh, uh, glad to have had, you know, kind of play out. But Oregon State finally comes to comes to town. Uh, Iowa posts a 25-11 win, gets 7 out of 10 matches to go their way. 
Saw some new faces there in in uh, Carver. Um, what stood out to you? I know there's some some ups and downs there. Uh, Drake Ala falling by a point. You know, uh, Victor Voinovich uh, gets an overtime win. North Dakota State uh, transfers both win. Um, was impressed with Zach Glazier. You know, Real Woods was uh, dominant. Brody Teske with a major. But what stood out to you uh, Sunday with Oregon State and Iowa? Uh, well, some of those that you mentioned, but really with the new lineup, with you know, there's a whole bunch of folks in the new in the that are new to the lineup transfers and and uh, obviously with uh, the things that happened off, off the mat uh, and you know kind of decimated partial uh, of their lineup the Hawkeyes lineup you know so to me I was like I don't know what to expect here with these new guys I don't know them well enough other than seeing you know maybe the national tournament in the match there or, or whatever and uh, you know so I, I was kind of wide eyes wide open to see, you know, what, the, what's going to happen and what it's like. So yeah, there were some tight matches and, and Ayala, that surprised me, I guess. I, I didn't expect that to happen. Um, and, uh, and like Vinovich, you know, that's, there's a guy I don't know much about. So I'm, I'm eager to see what he can do. Kind of, I thought an interesting fact there, we're talking about, uh, some of the guys in the Iowa lineup wrestling, uh, at Carver for the first time. Uh, Franick, Caliendo, Gabe Arnold, who uh, and we'll talk about, you know, a little bit more in depth. Um, they all made their Carver debuts. Voinovich was not making his Carver debut. Carver debut. Uh, he wrestled at Carver last year for Oki State and lost four to three uh, to Max Murin. And here now he's on the flip side. Uh, where he's wrestling for Iowa just a year later and uh, well, less than a year later. Um, and he comes away with a victory in, in overtime. Um, kind of interesting there with Voinovich, uh joins Ray Brinzer and Steve Mako <laughs> as uh, wrestlers that have crossed over from uh, Okie State, Iowa, and vice versa. Uh, in that long-standing rivalry, so kind of uh, interesting group to join for for Victor. You know, not to say it's not a rivalry; it still is. But do you feel like it's it's a little less of a rivalry than it used to be back in the in the you know few years ago? Oklahoma State and Iowa. Yeah. Yes. Oh, definitely with Penn State, with with their. Emergence over the last, you know, 13, 12, 13 years. Oklahoma State really, you know, kind of being on the back half of the top 10 for the most part during that stretch as well, especially here lately. It doesn't have the same uh, kind of feel to it. Um, probably, what, maybe third on the list, I would guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, between you know, with Iowa, Penn State, Iowa, Iowa State. Um, well, that could be climbing up there. Yeah. The only the only problem with Michigan is they just don't get to see them each year. Right. Michigan. You know? And Nebraska, Minnesota, those, you know. Yeah. States, border states. I still think Oklahoma State's uh ahead of those, but yeah, definitely down the list now. Um yeah. 
But uh, Iowa two and zero now. Um, you know, I, I guess the you know, what have you thought about uh, you know what they've had here early with maybe a lineup they they weren't expecting to have at the end of last season. Well, I think they've fared well. They, you know, they did take their guys up to Luther Open, which changed the that tournament a lot. <laughs> made it a lot tougher <laughs> when Iowa's varsity is there, but it also evidently made some of the other teams not bring their varsity. It seems so. Um, then uh, uh, you know, then you know, traveling out out west had a nice duel out there, and then uh, you know, so kind of get that team camaraderie going with the travel and you know, sleeping to get you know in the same room and and eating you know together that sort of thing that that helps build that and then a nice win over oregon state i had forgotten about the the weathered out you know as mm-hmm. a reason for having that um and uh, you know you got new guys you know maybe now's the time to talk about appropriate time to talk about gabe arnold you know a true freshman uh and here's a guy gabe arnold did a great job had that nice win over uh whitlake who also transferred from oklahoma state right oregon state right and uh yep I, I don't know that Whitlake was a All-American. I don't remember if he was. He was a couple years ago. A couple years ago, okay. A couple years removed from his All-American finish. Okay. And so here's Gabe Arnold wrestling against at least All-American caliber wrestler and, uh, you know, did a nice job. But, but we know Arnold's tough to score on. He's so athletic. He's so strong and so low to the ground. And and he, he's tough to score on. He's flexible. Remember, he's got, as I recall, doesn't he have the splits? And I remember Nocteborn being in on him a couple of times and just not being able to finish. And and so that match that, at Linmar that we covered. Yep. Right. And uh, and uh, so Arnold's going to be a tough, tough out, you know, and, uh, and and we don't know whether he'll continue to be in the lineup because he gets four. Is that correct? Four. I think four before you burn it bring your red shirt so right so that was a big win a nice win for the uh, true freshman transfer to city high last year and then uh in you know into the lineup this year now remember he kind of called out boy talk about starochi starochi was a high school senior these are the the three-time national champ well that time two time (laughs) so potential (laughs) four-timer you know two things stood out to me about uh the match with Arnold and Whitlake um, that I think says a lot about Arnold. One, the way he finished uh, his takedown where, you know, how many times have we seen Tom talk about guys having to just plant, plant the opponent in the mat to finish stuff? And how many times have there been uh, guys that have tried to finish and then end up, you know, kind of getting in a scramble and not being able to finish or give up points uh, because guys like to roll and, and do different things and come up with, uh, a, you know, uh, Iowa wrestler's foot or something. And he drilled Whitlake into the ground and finished emphatically. Um, I think that says a lot about, uh, you know, about him and, and not kind of getting caught up in, in certain positions. The thing that I thought was really big was in the second period when he escaped in 14 seconds. Mm-hmm. What's the biggest transition from high school to college, especially mm-hmm. for 
top-notch wrestlers that aren't underneath very much, it's the bottom position. And he's wrestling against an All-American and a graduate transfer, a veteran rider in Whitlake, and he gets out in 14 seconds. I think that says just as much uh, of Arnold that it, you know, than the takedown itself that, you know, that's one of the, you know, question marks is how guys can get out from underneath. And boy, he popped out right away. And I think right. that says uh, a lot about kind of where he's at. Right. And that you're exactly right. That transition high school to college underneath is that's the biggest one. The, uh, the other telltale was to me was at the end of the third period, the end of the match, when uh, Whitlick was down and had an opportunity to, to you know, score and win the match with the takedown, really did not even give an attempt. You know, kind of almost showed that he was defeated or and he just couldn't get through, you know, Arnold's uh, defense. And and uh, so, you know, that, that to me, that was another big sign. You know, we, we've kind of mentioned the, the transfers already. They really solidified the middle of that Iowa lineup with, you know, um, the suspensions and and everything, you know, uh, all three won against Oregon State. You've got Franick, uh, Jared Franick, who comes in. He's ranked number two right now. Caliendo, uh, another All-American. He's ranked sixth or, or somewhere around there. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how 165 shakes out with Caliendo and Pat Kennedy uh, when Pat Kennedy comes back and what they might do. Um, kind of going forward, Boinovich, but they uh, they really have kind of built some depth, uh, with those guys, especially in the middleweights. Yeah, built depth, depth as they were getting a lot of it peeled away from them. Um, uh, yeah, so it, you know, I just as you were speaking, I was thinking with, with Frannick in there at 57 and um. Uh, was it Chittam that was at uh, that Iowa and kind of gray shirted, and so now he's yeah. in Iowa State. So that matchup, they wouldn't have seen each other probably very much because Chittam would have probably left before Frantic, you know, as they're kind of passing in the night sort of thing. Right. So there won't be a lot of. I was, there probably won't be a lot of uh, you know hard feelings or anything. It'd be just a regular get ready match. So, yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, one other thing. Uh. Two that we got kind of got to look at, you know, with uh, with the suspensions, what I was going to do at heavyweight, uh, Bradley Hill kind of filling the spot right now. He lost the 4-1 decision to Boone McDermott, former Wallert uh, wrestler who was at Rutgers last year, uh, transferred to Oregon State um, this season, um, kind of manning the spot there. And, uh, but you've got Ben Keeter. Uh, saw a picture of him on on X, formerly Twitter, uh, with some other linebackers holding the Big Ten West title trophy. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of talk is, uh, you know, after football season, and then he'll join the wrestling team. You know. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays out. If he'll will be the guy, maybe for the whole season, or if they'll look to incorporate Keeter, and if that'll be a step up um, once football's over and we kind of get into the Big Ten season. 
you know, who knows? The, the lineup could, could do some shifting. Like you mentioned, Kennedy and, and uh, you know what he might do. Maybe he bumps up a weight. Arnold comes out. He redshirts. They insert uh, Keeter into heavyweight after football, after the bowl season is done. And, and uh, you know, if the need is there, if they're in the hunt for, which I'm sure they will be for Big Ten championship and national championship. So uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. But, yeah, that's – at this point in time, we'll just have to wait and see. That's, that's some question marks. Yeah, I uh, asked uh, Gabe Arnold after the Oregon State meet, you know, what his preference would be, you know. You want to have a few matches and then redshirt, or if you want to be in that spot, uh, you know, if it was your preference, you, that'd be your spot from now on, you know, through the end of the season. And uh, he said, you know, I just want to be a national champ. I want to be a four-time national champ. And I'll do whatever the coaches tell me. And if it's this year, great. You know, if that path is starting next year, that's fine too. Um, but he's pretty much trusting the coaches and saying, hey, whatever they decide, um, that's what I'll go with. And as long as it leads to top of the podium at the NCAA. So, um, we'll see. I don't know. That's it's going to be a, a tough decision, especially now. You know, are they going to have a chance at a national title? Doesn't necessarily look like it. So, some of those decisions, you know, might depend on where they're sitting at as a team, on whether or not you burn that shirt or you wait a year and you know let him keep working on his craft. Right here, you know, sitting here, you know, mid late December, uh, November, you know, we'll just have to wait, you know, kind of see how that plays out. But I would think they probably want to try and redshirt him. I mean, and he's a good kid, you know, we got to know him a little bit with the interviews. And I know you've interviewed yeah. him. Just, you know, so he'll do exactly what the coaches believe. And, and uh, coaches will do him right, I think. So uh, let's switch to Iowa State. Uh, First thing I'll ask you is this is like the third year that Iowa State has had a duel at Humboldt. Um, you know, I know Purdue went there the one year because it was Ursuline and Dresser, both from Humboldt. Um, what what do you think about uh, having a duel like that at, uh, at Dresser's alma mater, having a D1 wrestling meet in a high school gym? Um, you know, for fun and kind of creating that different experience? Uh, you know, I, I think I hadn't thought about it. So this is off the top of my head. Uh, but now that you say that three years in a row, you know, maybe it's getting old. Maybe it's one that you do every three, four years. Uh, and, uh, you know, to, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what, you know what the feeling is. You know, obviously Dresser likes it. He keeps, continues to do it. So, uh, and you know some pretty good teams have gone in there, so it's been good duels. Which I, you know, they're probably forfeiting a good chunk of the, you know, their gate fee from uh, what they might draw at uh, at uh, at Iowa State. So yeah, I hope. I, I didn't think about the gate fee, but yeah, that's though. There have been a couple duels uh, this year. Uh, they went back to uh, David Carr's alma mater uh, to Russell Cleveland State, I believe. Um, 
and then uh, do it Humboldt and you know, kind of neat, but yeah, like you said, maybe it's better suited, you know, every other year or something like that. But um, yeah, that's cool. Mm -hmm. um, but Iowa State, man, regardless of where they were at, uh, boy, they were they were dominant against Wisconsin, uh, blanket on 42-0. Um, I know you were really impressed with what they were able to to do on Sunday. Right. I was shocked when I, when, you know, I didn't, wasn't able to watch it, but, but uh, when I saw the score and looked at the box scores and like, Holy moly, they, Iowa State's for real. I mean, not that I didn't think they were, but, and I, and you know, Wisconsin must be down a bit. Maybe, I don't know, but, uh, um, geez, maybe a little bit both. They, they still have three or four ranked kids on their team, including, like you mentioned, Hamity. Uh, so, Wow, that just surprised me and shocked me. I did, okay. did. I don't know if you noticed in Wisconsin's lineup the uh, 184 pounder. Yep, Shane Legal. Shane, Shane Legal from uh, Legal. Wisconsin originally, but but uh, Loris and a good kid, very nice kid. I'll, I'll pull for him. He's a good kid, and uh, so it's a D three graduate. Uh, so he's a graduate student now at Wisconsin. So I hope the best for him. Good family and good yep. kid. Yep. Uh well, let's talk the two two big matches that really stand out there. Uh, David Carr over Hamity uh, at one sixty five, number two versus number four. Um, at the time, Carr with a, an escape in the second and a ride out in the the third. Um, you know, that's a that's a nice quality win here. Good win for uh, for him, even though uh, Carr probably would have, you know like to open the gap a little bit, but still a nice, uh, nice victory for David Carr and against a, uh, you know, top opponent. Absolutely. And, and uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to bump up to another one that really impressed me. Uh, uh, Kyson Tarakina at 125 uh, beat number six, Eric uh, Barnett, uh, 14 to three. It, I mean, that wasn't even close. And we beat him by, by major. So, I mean, that one shocked me. Now, Terrakina, and this is – when we get to our choices, I'm going to tip my hand a little bit here. I, I don't know where to go with him you know, <laughs> in the Iowa duel because there's a guy that can look like this, you know, beat a number six ranked by major, and then can be – you know, lose another one to a, maybe a lesser wrestler. So, yeah. Um, but so good for him. Yeah. Uh. And then we talked about, uh, you know, some of the new faces in the Iowa lineup. Iowa State has a couple as well. You mentioned Cody Chittum, uh, who uh, ended up at Iowa State, was expected to be at Iowa. Um, now Cyclone, he got a major decision at 157. Uh, and then the former Ohio State uh, wrestler Anthony Echemendia, uh, I know a lot of people pronounce his name differently, but Etchemendia uh, is how Shane Sparks pronounces it, pronounced it uh, on a Big Ten broadcast. So I'm going with Sparksy on that on that one. So Etchemendia um, down to 141. Uh, he won by technical fall. That leaves uh, Casey Skrzewski, um 
to step in at 149. And, you know, he had a nice win over number 14, Joseph Zargo, um, on Sunday as well. So uh, Echemendia and, and Chittam really solidifies the middle of Iowa State's lineup uh, as well. Well, and then uh, Swiderski uh, had a nice win over number 14, Frank uh, Zargo from Wisconsin. So, you know, you know, he insert him in between the two you just mentioned. By the way, thanks for <laughs> – I just wrote down the Echemendia's <laughs> pronunciation. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, yeah, and then obviously David Carr to anchor that foursome that we just talked about in, right in the middle. That's a tough, tough go, so – yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, you've got Will Feldkamp uh, that is stepping in at 184 as well. Um, that certainly helps the um, – that certainly helps the Cyclones um, as well. That gives them a little boost in the upper part of their lineup. Um, help, help me out. 74, Gaten, where did he transfer from? I think I think Gatan has been a cyclone. Um, it's Feldcamp that was at Clarion. Oh, it's uh, Feldcamp. Thank you. Yeah, okay. yeah. He was an All American last year. He got seventh place um, at one eighty four. So, uh, and I think he was a national qualifier at ninety seven the year before that. Even um, I think he spent before he went to Clarion. He was also at uh, Northern Illinois, so uh, he's kind of bounced around a little bit, but um, brings an All-American uh, status to, to 184 for the Cyclones. And, you know, he got a pin against uh, Legal, um, who's no slouch, um, as we mentioned before, NCAA Division III runner-up. Um, but that was big. And what about the transition that Younger Bastida has made the heavyweight. Um, he's looked very, very tough here, uh, kind of in the early part of the year. Yeah, and Bastina's a he's a goer on his feet. Uh, so, you know, one of the things I always kind of cross my fingers and hope that he didn't run out of gas at 97 <laughs> with those big bodies. Now he's got some bigger bodies, but – the bigger bodies sometimes go at a little bit slower pace, not so much anymore, but, but uh, so we'll see how he fits in there. He's going to be, I imagine he's got to be a light, light heavyweight. So he's going to have to use that speed and skill to, and that word is that there might be another heavyweight entering the, the rankings, maybe from Minnesota. Did I hear that? Oh, really? Have yeah. they, have they ironed that out to where, uh, uh, he'd make it back in. I, not yet, but I know that that that's not that I've heard anyway. But I know that's kind of still on the table. I think so. <laughs> so that'll alter things uh, quite a bit on the national landscape if Mr. Stevenson uh, returns to the college ranks for one more year. Yeah, if that happens. So, but boy, well, let's see. Let's take a look at this Sunday here with uh, Iowa, the Iowa State duel. The Cyhawk uh, Cy series uh, will be at Ames, the Hilton Coliseum, starting at 2 o'clock. Um, 
one of the, one of the uh, the highlights of this is this is uh, what people believe to be the first live college wrestling duel on ESPN. You know, the flagship, not one of the alternate stations like ESPN two or ESPNU, but on ESPN, uh, this will be the first one live on. On that, uh, on the mothership. Yeah, that's pretty cool. First duel. I they've covered nationals before, I believe, on the mothership. So mm-hmm. they've had wrestling, but uh, not a, a, a dual meet. And I think they picked a good one. So it's going to be exciting. And uh, and you know, there's always a chance for some. <laughs> there's some a couple of hotheads on either team. You know, if they can keep that under control. And uh, you know, I'm actually on either bench. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh, for sure, for sure. There, there are some, uh, there are some personalities that could create some dramatics and theatrics uh, uh, Sunday afternoon. That's for sure. Um, right. Iowa has an eighteen uh, dual win streak in in the series. Um, Tom Brand's undefeated against Iowa State, but. You know, I tell you, this is a duel that there are some matches that could go either way, and and it could. I mean, that the scores could really vary. Uh, I had it. I've had it. Everything from eighteen to eighteen to nineteen to thirteen, and uh, everywhere in between, depending on things. Uh, this might be the most fun a uh, sidehawk. Duel is has produced in a long time, right? And uh, you know, I, I have it, I have it very tight as well. Or it could be a runaway. And by the runaway, I think on the Iowa side, um, I I just I have five matches that I'm favoring to Iowa, three that I'm favoring to Iowa State, two that are toss ups. So I think Iowa State has to win those toss ups, and and then. If they do, they'll win the meet because I think Iowa State has a better chance for bonus points than Iowa does. Uh, okay. You know, so and, and I'm like you. Yesterday I was totally different, and <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't change it. So we'll see. Okay, let's run down really quick, uh, weight by weight, starting uh, at one twenty-five. Uh, I know Tarakina, uh, very strong. Um, to start the season, Ayala coming off uh, probably uh, you know a disappointing loss, you would say, um, against Oregon State. Still going with Ayala here, um, but I think it'll be Ayala by decision. Um, you know, I might have thought otherwise a year ago or two years ago, but um, Ayala by decision here. And this is one of my toss-ups that Iowa State, I think, has to win to win the meet. So if they start at 25, that might tip it right off the bat in favor of one team or another. Um, if they if they start somewhere else, then we'll, you know, we'll have to see how that plays out. But but uh, I, I don't know. Usually Iowa wants to start at 25, you know, Spencer Lee. I don't know if they will anymore. So um, I think we'll Tom likes that no matter what. Okay. They, like start, they like the traditional lightest to heaviest. I think. Uh, 
at 133, I've got Teske by major. Uh, I know some people have said they think Frost will keep it close, but I I like what I saw out of uh, Teske on Sunday, even though he kind of got caught flat-footed a couple times and gave up takedowns, but still got a major. Um, I like seeing him doing that again here. And I have Teske winning, and I had him as their best chance for a bonus bonus win. So your major is right on line with mine. I guess I was – I wrote down three, but obviously it could be four or more. At 41, this is this is an interesting matchup. So you got, you got number one, Real Woods uh, versus Echevendia. Um, you know, Echevendia was uh, uh, really good for Ohio State. Has had some uh, issues. He wrestled at the Soldier Salute last year, and I think – Lost to Caleb Rachi um, there, but that was at 149 as well. He looks huge uh, at 141. Um, against anybody else, I was I was having Woods with a tech fall, but Echevendia right now, boy, I think he'll. I think he. I think he keeps it to a decision. I still like Woods, but um, by decision. Well, I'll say this. I have Woods by decision as well, but the number one ranked 125-pounder has been upset this year, the defending champion. The number one ranked 133-pound defending champ, world champ, has been upset. So yeah. if we're going right up the line, 141, who knows? <laughs> this could yeah. be, maybe. So, uh, but I've got uh, a real winning by decision. Uh, at 149, I'll let you uh I'll let you go first at 149. 149. Again, Swiderski's kind of he, he's to me he's street tough. You know, he's like a brawler kind of, you know, out there on the map. That sort of good. But and, and Voinovich, I think I have him by decision, but you know, Swiderski can keep his his uh emotions under control and focus. He could pull it pull it off. So but Voinovich by decision. Um, I have Swiderski by decision. There you go. And, and the reason why, the one thing with uh, uh, Voinovich, he got in on shots, but he had a hard time finishing against Oregon State. And in matches like this, if you can't capitalize, it usually comes back to bite you right in the ass, right? Mm-hmm. Um and I have I bet he gets in on a couple shots. He can't finish. I bet you Swiderski comes through and and burns him with it later on in the match. Um especially now with three point takedowns. Um I think that could loom large in this one where Swiderski scores a takedown late and early or late and, and beats him. Um, even though it's one that could go either way, uh, I'm to give that to Iowa State um, by decision. Yeah. Uh, what about 157? That's an interesting matchup with uh, Frannick and uh, uh, Chittum. Uh I, I've got Frannick. I mean, these North Dakota State's always known for having tough wrestlers on top, and I just think that <laughs> That uh, uh, I just frantic, 
I got it by decision, tight match, but I think that's one that could go either way. I've got Frantic by decision um, as well. Uh, 165, you got Carr and Caliendo. Yeah, Carr, here's Carr. You know, he wrestled number four in his last meet, and now in this next match, he's got uh, number five. So he's, <laughs> and he's still, you know, he's got his mind set in Missouri, but, uh, um, but, uh, he, you know, he, this, he, there's good tune-ups for him for the start of the season. He had to come out and be ready to wrestle. He wins it. I don't think it's, it'll be a close match, but I don't think it'll be sudden victory or anything like that. So. And you don't think he has a uh, possibility for, for bonus points? Oh, he's all, that's always a possibility with, with David Carr. Uh, I, I, I don't know that he can get it in this match, but. I don't like I said. I don't think it'll be close, but I think it'll be a, a, a decision, maybe a major. I guess with three point takedown, that's a bigger possibility. So, see, that's where I was kind of on the fence because obviously going with Carr, but you know, it in this type of environment, you know, I mean, I've got a feeling Hilton's going to be hostile, right? Um, I think they. They like what they're putting out on the mat. I think this is their best chance in a long time to get a win, which I I agree. Um think it is. But you you know, you get in something like that, and no offense to North Dakota State. I'm sure they've got some rivalries, they've got big crowds, you know. These guys have wrestled in big tournaments throughout their whole lives, but this is just different. Um, maybe I'm making out to be more than it is, but I think this is something where we'll see, uh, we'll see Caliendo's medal, I guess, uh, here and how he stands up. If, if Carr gets rolling, you know, Major's not out of the question. Um, but I'll go with Carr by decision, um, there as well. 174, kind of a big question mark. Um, you know, who Iowa will send out, um, you know, Gabe Arnold, Aiden Riggins, maybe somebody else. Um, I assume it's going to be Gabe Arnold, uh, this time coming off his win with Whitlake. Who do you have here at 174 with Arnold and, uh, uh, Gatan? Again, this was my toss up or my, yeah, toss up match, my second one, 125 and 174. Um, uh, I, I just Arnold's so hard to score on. Uh, I, it, it, and he's he can get that one takedown and and carry that through to the win. Um, if he's out on the mat, I kind of favor Arnold in a very tight match. Uh, if he's not, I'm going to go the other direction. Yeah, I think that's what I have to do. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Arnold by decision. Um, there, I think, you know, um, I think he lives for this stuff. I, you know, I think when the, I think when the light shines brightest, that's when his eyes really open up. I think he really likes, uh, these challenges and in, in this kind of stage. Um, so I think if Iowa puts Arnold out there again, uh, he'll come away with a decision at 184. Uh, Feldkamp has looked really good. Um, 
saw uh, Swafford kind of a hard, have a hard time with it against number three, Trey Munoz. Um, on Sunday, uh, I've got Feldkamp here with a major decision. Right. And uh, I, same here as a uh, major decision and potentially uh, a maybe worse. So, yep. but I, I had him, you know, I had Feldkamp winning by major. Uh, one ninety-seven. I was I was really impressed. I thought Zach Glazier looked pretty good on Sunday. Uh, he got a major at one ninety-seven uh, against a guy that was right on the verge, you know, projected to be an NCAA qualifier. Um, he looked uh, uh, solid for most of the match. Um, I like him over Broderson here um, by decision as well. Right. Uh, he agree. I agree. He did look good. Had a big win. Uh, and uh, Rodison's up two weight classes from 74 to 97. So a big jump. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I I watched Rodison a couple of years ago with, with Kyle Russell and him. And, and uh, so I know a little bit about him and, you know, in through high school. Uh, he's, mm -hmm. he's a guy that likes to throw. He's gonna. He's gonna. So he, if he wins, he's gonna maybe win by pin. And so, uh, you know, if he can hit that throw at the right time, and uh, he, who knows? I mean, he's got a left-handed headlock, and and uh, so uh, I have Glazer winning as well. But but just so you know, that potential's there. And you yeah, know, that could be a nine-point swing, is what you're saying. Right, and that magic in this tournament or in this uh, duel has happened with both sides, so you never know. Yep. Simpson, Simpson, Volker, right? Yeah, there's one for sure. <laughs> and who was the one? Was it Austin Ball and uh, Bannock? Yes, uh, Austin Ball. Yeah, uh, I remember how to pronounce his name. Yeah, yes, heavyweight for sure. Yep. Yeah. So, so there you go. That either one of those two. Uh, would th that would fall in line with those two uh, uh, happenings? Uh, then at heavyweight, uh, Bastida and I assume Bradley Hill. Um, there, uh, I I have Bastida by major decision, and I have Bastida with potential for uh, tech fall because he's busy, can get busy on his feet, get that three those three take point takedowns going and. And uh, it's easier now to get a major, and it's easier to get a tech fall uh, since you're getting more points for a takedown. So I'm I'm thinking a tech fall is not out of order here. Okay, yeah, that's where I'm. I I just think you know uh, Hill could keep it mm -hmm. not close, but it's to prevent. Right. You know, I think he I think he can stay in good position. He's strong. You know, um, but Bastida, when he's on, he's so explosive and so good on his feet. You know, your six, six or seven takedowns isn't out of the question. And with a three point takedown, that, you know, that certainly helps your cause to be able to put up an extra bonus point. So, yeah, I'm right there with you, either a major or tech fall um, for Bastida. Be so, so what I have uh, initially, I have nineteen fourteen 
I have about three or four matches that could go either way. So if, even if one of those go either way in Iowa State's favor, that turns into a 17-16 Iowa State win. Right. And I'm like you. I, I can't come up with a final because I keep flip-flopping myself. <laughs> I know, right? It's, and, it's and, what uh, makes it tough and fun all in one. Right, exactly. That yeah, if it's gonna be a blowout, that we wouldn't probably be even talking about it so uh, as much anyway. So I can't declare a winner because <laughs> I'll have a different one in ten minutes. Yeah, right. <laughs> um so that'll be Sunday, uh on ESPN, two PM at Hilton Coliseum and Ames, uh the Cyhawk series. Um that should be a fun duel. Um let, let's Switch gears. Uh, you and I wrestled uh, this last weekend at the Dectronics Open up at uh, South Dakota State. They crowned five champions, including uh, Kale Happel, Wyatt Volker. Uh, Kale Happel won his uh, second title up there. Uh, looked really, really good in doing so. Uh, Volker, who you know wrestled in the World Greco Championships this. Um, this summer looked good. The one thing that stands out to me about Volker uh, coming away with a title there is he finished in front of uh, Adam Aronson and Caleb Runyon, uh, who he was kind of competing with for the starting spot. So that's got to be a good thing for Volker that he's able to come away um, with a title there and maybe kind of – uh, establishing himself at the head of that uh, competition for 197 because I heard Runyon is, is really, really close there um, as well. Uh, you know, Happel looked really, really good. Um, you know, he had a tech fall, a major, and then he pinned Zach Redding from Iowa State in the final. Um, and some people might recognize this name as well. Uh, Volker beat Gavin Nelson of Minnesota 4-1 um, in the finals. Does that, that name sound familiar to you at all? Gavin Nelson. Uh, help me out. I don't, not right off the top of my head. Gavin Nelson was a nationally ranked uh, wrestler for Simley High School, I believe. He wrestled Ben Keeter in the finals of oh. the first Donnybrook. Oh, yeah. Um, that that Keeter, I believe, took down and beat in overtime. And sudden victory. Or, right. Yep. Yeah. Oh, not, right. Now, now I've got it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Big wrestle, big time wrestle. So that, yeah. So that, that's a quality win in the finals for Volker. Um, you and I um, also had titles from Adam Allard, Ryder Downey, uh, those two at 49.57, and then 174-pounder Jared Sima as well. One thing I want to ask you about here, um, well, I guess first off, you know, what are your thoughts about kind of uh, what those guys were able to do up at uh, South Dakota State and um, maybe what you see out of uh, you and I, you know, obviously it's Parker Kekai's and the rest, but what do, you, what do you see this year with you and I who's replacing a lot from a year ago? I, I love what Swab's doing up there. He's just brought, and if you didn't, if you didn't notice, of the five champs, uh, 
four of them are Iowa high school wrestlers, we, as we talked about. Uh, Happel, Allard, Downey, and Volker. I, uh, I don't believe uh, Simna is, is he? Uh, anyway, um, and so, uh, and then, you know, so you've got, you know, those five champs and Kekheisen, who's obviously sitting out for his all-star meet, which is tonight, right? Yes. And, and uh, anyway, um, so here's my thoughts. I'm so happy that, that Happel is able to, Kale Happel is able to, uh, to wrestle and, and be in the lineup all the time, uh, as opposed to brother Carter, who was kind of in and out of the lineup throughout his career. And so, uh, you know, it's nice to see he's going to have that opportunity to make that improvement with all that opportunities on man. Um, Ryder Downey, that Downey from, uh, uh, gosh, he had the big win uh, at state, right? At, uh, um, um, oh, geez. Uh, for, uh, knocked, uh, knocked off potential four-timer um, from Iowa City West. I'm... Uh, yep. Uh, Avila. Oh, thank you. Robert Avila. <laughs> Sorry. And, uh, you know, so it's nice to see him. I like that down that Downey family. They're, they're goers. And, and Wyatt Volker has taken major steps, giant steps in his improvement with his off-season uh, international wrestling and such. So, uh, yeah, you know, good to see him. And I, and I didn't realize that he was being pushed like you mentioned in the, in the room there. So that's good. Uh, and, and uh, you know, they, I, you and I also brings back some experience at heavyweight and a couple of other weights. So. Um, yep. Tyrell Gordon back for a six year. I mean, that's, uh, I think that's a, a big uh, piece to, you know, uh, for them both in duels and in tournaments. I think he uh, like the, like how he wrestles, you know, he right now he's kind of ranked in the mid teens kind of area, but you know, I definitely think he could be a round of 12 uh, guy when this is all, you know, maybe even push for the podium um, when it's all done. But right, and you, you never know at heavyweight, it's just you know, heavyweight's one of those weights that you know, is uh, is him is uh, Wyatt Henderson, am I saying from uh, Air Force? Is he back this year? Yes, he is. Oh man, there's a fun guy to watch too. Yep, and uh, we mentioned uh, Keckheisen. Keckheisen and Hendrickson both are part of uh, the NWCA um, uh, docket tonight at, at Penn State. But before we get to that, though, um, the the big thing that kind of got announced here over the last month the new uh, the plans for a new standalone wrestling facility to replace the, the West gym. Uh, just to recap, the West gym was kind of deemed unsafe, had a lot of coding issues and, and structural issues that they determined it was just easier to, to raise it um, and, and tear it down than do all the upgrades and stuff necessary for it. Uh, that pushed Iowa or you and I wrestling out of uh, the West Gym. I think they were offered like one of the recreation gyms to hold their practices in. Uh, Schwab's like, yeah, that's not that's not going to help us. Um, so they the wrestling program took it upon themselves go out find a place to train. Uh, they were able to do that. They. Uh, I think uh, Sean Kelly uh, was the individual that uh, 
like it really helped them find a place and, and kind of get it uh, up to where it's a, a functioning uh, college facility for them to train at. And since then, uh, you and I announced that uh, a new uh, – they didn't really place a price tag on it, but I think they were talking about like $5 million was what they were throwing around at a press conference um, for that standalone training facility. Could be Kitty Corner um, and one of the open lots from the McLeod Center. Um, but what are your thoughts about uh, that being added into the, the large campaign for you and I uh, to upgrade facilities? Well, you know, uh, as a former wrestler that wrestled in the in the West gym back then, the the men's gym, <laughs> the uh, uh, you know we had some battles with with, with Cal Poly, Cal Bakersfield, Iowa. That happened when I was a senior in high school, but I, you and I beat Iowa in that. And, uh, and so my heart breaks, you know, that the West gym is going down. It's 98 years old, I understand. And so it's, you know, I'm saddened for that. I hope what they, what they, the, the facility that they end up building isn't a pole barn, you know, of sorts. I hope it's a, a high quality, you know, and I don't know five, what 5 million gets you these days, you know? So uh, when, I when I compare it with Iowa and Iowa State, projected <laughs> cost of theirs. Uh, anyway, um, uh, I'm thankful that Sean Kelly stepped up. Uh, that I forget the name of their club, but I believe it was their club, uh, their kids club mm -hmm. facility. So it's a, it's a, you know, you and I brought in their wall mats and their wrestling mats, and I don't know if the kids are still using it or what. So you and I have to share it, or I do know it probably doesn't have shower facilities. I don't, I would guess. I don't know that it has yeah, training training facilities. So it's something uh, to, to work out in and it's, it's away from campus. That's another bit of a detriment. Uh, so, um, you know, it is what it is. You, what do you, you have to you know, take care of it uh, and deal with it as an athlete. But, uh, um, you know, I'm anxious. I was happy to see that they got something at least on the, on the planned. And as I recall, it's, I think it's it's when I was in school. I think there was a power plant there, maybe or something, or a warehouse or whatever. And uh, it, you're right; it's kind of kitty corner from a cloud to the southwest. Yeah, there's like a, a it's an unpaid parking spot. There's parking lot there. Um, a lot of times, it's used for like high school football playoffs with overflow parking and stuff like that. Too. So I think that's where um, the plan is for right now. But uh, a couple things that Schwab said I thought was interesting. One, he talked about, uh, you know, uh, it's not the, the building that that matters. It's the work that you do in the building and the people in it that matters the most. And, you know, um, He's got a point there, even though, let's face it, facilities do matter, you know. Uh, second, uh, as far as the price take, he thought, you know, some of the monies that other schools are using for new facilities, he, I think his term was silly. He's like, hey, let's, let's raise 
10 million dollars for a facility and then use another 10 million to uh you know they raise 20 million use 10 for the facility and 10 to endow the program um going forward that they don't need you know all the bells and whistles that some of these other facilities are coming up with but um you know i I think it also shows maybe a little uh, uh, dedication to the program or some loyalty from the admins that, hey, you know, we weren't able to, you know, know the West Gym was something that was important to you. They're going to incorporate some of that into this new facility. Um, so some of it, what they can salvage, will go into the new facility. So there'll still be aspects of the West Gym there. But it also shows that they're willing to help with resources to the program that, you know, I don't know if they've been there at times over the last 20-some years. Right, I agree. I'm I'm a little disappointed they didn't have a plan in place earlier than you know they announced that the building's unsafe, and then they offered gym seven and gym eight, as I understand, in the rec center, which is an open right. open facility. So I think that's where they have like intramurals and like kids basketball tournaments. I think Keely and Katie have played up there before. Right. Not a wrestling room for a D1 program. No, for anyone. For yeah. not even for high school. I mean, you kind of see, so the facility doesn't matter. Good for Schwab for saying that, but it does matter. You're right. It does matter when it comes to recruiting. Facilities are a big, big issue. You know, that's what, you know, that's what uh, I was, I think, it, you know, they have the ability to do this with their, their alumni support, but, you know, to have that multi-million dollar building built exclusively for wrestling to, you know, so now they can compete with, you know, whatever Penn State has in there and Ohio State, I know has a fabulous facility and, you know, so it's, you know, uh, and it's, it, you see that happening on at the D three level. You see that happening at the uh, at the high school level. You know, you see you know, the the Waukees and the Ankenies and the Southeast Folks. You know, and then then you see the right. Des Moines North and Des Moines Lincoln, <laughs> Cedar Rapids uh, inner schools. So um, we kind of see it around here too, with uh, yep. Prairie and their beautiful and Linmar at their campus and Xavier and sort that sort of thing. So. Uh, it, it does matter, I think, but I, I get what he's saying. Uh, and, and that's kind of the blue, blue collar chip on your shoulder sort of athlete that you and I has, and, and they build on that and use that. And, uh, you know, it's like, look at us, we're going to compete with you guys in spite of it, you know, and maybe we weren't the four-star athlete. We were the two-star whatever. So. And I love that you brought that up because uh, that was something that, came up this works for a perfect transition into the the next thing but um it was it was the wrestlers you know it were they were there painting walls uh i think somebody mentioned wade mitchell was it you know like did a lot of the wall painting for the the off-site facility that they're using now and those guys were the ones that you know did everything uh, did a lot of the work themselves, going there before practice and stuff like that to 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 paint or put things together and you know 
turn that into to their facility. So they're the kind of guy I, I really, you know, Schwab got into Schwab mode a couple times during this press conference announcing the new facility, right? He's flanked by the UNI president, uh, Mark Nook, um, on one side, David Harris, the AD on the other. And Schwab was talking about this. And of course, you know, he gets, you know, amped up and passionate about what he's saying. And he starts talking about, yeah, our guys didn't bitch and moan. We didn't, they didn't, they weren't, they might've been pissed, but they, you know, they put the work in, they, they did this. They didn't bitch and moan about, Oh, why don't we have this or that? They went to work and they took care of it and they make the best of the, the situation. And you can see the U and I, President kind of squirm a little bit when you know, <laughs> Doug's saying they didn't bitch and moan and they weren't pissed and that kind of stuff. Um, but he was right. Uh, and and you nailed it on the head. A lot of these got not seeing it's not there in other programs, but you and I, I think, encompasses the blue collar, you know, hey, I'm going to do whatever I need to do uh, attitude that a Schwab and a Randy Pugh and those guys have. Uh, I think that's uh, that's kind of a binding thread through the wrestlers on the team. Um, and guess who was one of the first ones there before practice uh, doing stuff and one of the last ones to leave to sweep the floor and mop stuff up? I know. I read your article. Parker Keckheisen. Very good, Parker. Yeah. You know? And, of course, he's ranked number one um, coming off, uh, you know, that's a national finalist. And I think that's I think that's awesome. It says a lot about the character of those guys. Um, and speaking of Keck Eisen, he's going to be at the uh, NWCA All-Star Series tonight against Bernie Truax. Uh, he wrestled at Grandview two weeks ago to get some matches in, so uh, – you know, they might have learned last year that it was better to, just to get some mat time before going out to that, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, Keck Eisen, and he's got a familiar fellow, Bernie Truax, uh, who is now a, a Penn State guy. And that's one versus two at 184. That should be a pretty exciting uh, duel and one of a few uh, uh, wrestlers with Iowa ties. Uh, in the lineup. Right. I have a couple of notes on the All-Star meet, so this is a good transition. Yep. Uh, in regards to, to uh, Parker and, and, and Bernie Truax, Truax came, pop, uh, Cal Poly to Penn State, they they wrestled each other, they wrestled each other twice in the same national tournament. Uh, Truax yep. knocked off uh, uh, Kakaisen, I believe, in the quarters, and then Kakaisen, that was a six to five match, and then Kakaisen beat Truax for third and fourth, six to four. So, you know, he, he made the, the uh, you know, you never know when you get to that part of the tournament, are people tired or people have people made uh, uh, changes. Uh, I don't think Kaisen ever gets tired, but <laughs> <laughs> the guy's an energizer bunny. And he, that's why he's yeah. one of my wrestlers to watch in, in all of college. So uh, a couple other notes on the All-Star meet. No fix, no Aruja at, at 133. And, and, in, and instead, you have Connor McGonigal, who is wrestling. <laughs> this is interesting. McGonigal from Lehigh is wrestling 
But the current number one ranked guy at 33 is his teammate at one at, at, at Lehigh, Ryan Kirkham, who who beat Arusha in the in the uh, early meet uh, in the first week of the season. So that's an interesting thing. I mean, obviously they asked McGonagall before Ryan beat right. him. Well, McGonagall was ranked sixth um, previously, so I, I think it was somebody from. Flow Wrestling that pointed out uh, how many times have you seen somebody wrestle in the All-Star meet that you won't see yeah. wrestle in this team's lineup the rest of the year? Might be a first. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, uh, that's uh, that's just the way things have kind of turned, you know, Kirkham with the biggest win I remember in the first half of the season in a long, long time. Right. Uh, one, one other note on the on the uh, all-star meet at 157. Uh, I don't know what happened with the, with the D1 wrestlers, but this is a neat thing. I really looking forward to this. Uh, the, the, the division two champion, his name is Nick Novak from, from uh, um, St. Cloud, uh, St. Cloud state when I was there, what is it? Minnesota St. Cloud now. And then mm -hmm. uh, defending champion at division two will take on uh, Nolan hurdle. Who's a defending division three champion from uh, Wisconsin lacrosse. So Dave Malachek's, you know, who was the former Xavier coach years ago and has been mm -hmm. at lacrosse for years and years, uh, is uh, his his uh, wrestler will be competing. I think that's neat. Division one versus or division two versus division three. So, you know who else likes it? Say it again. You know who else likes that edition? Uh, I just saw this on. Twitter uh, in a post. Do you know who else likes the addition uh, of D2, D3 champs with uh, the All-Star Classic? Um, I don't know. Probably Yanni, <laughs> Yanni, Yanni Diakamahalas. Oh, sweet. <laughs> he, said, he said he thought that was a, a good addition. Um, he's, you know, uh, he thought that was pretty cool that uh, they were included in this. So uh, I'm we also have a couple other uh, Iowa connections. Uh, 197 NCAA finalist Tanner Sloan, who's ranked number two um, for South Dakota State. He wasn't. He didn't compete in the Dectronics Open like uh, um, Parker Keck Eisen. Um, he's out there at Penn State. Uh, a guy out there last night got a workout in, but he takes on number one Aaron Brooks of Penn State. Um, in his match, and like we mentioned, Sloan uh, finished second last year at 197. Is back trying to uh, see if he can take that next step up, and he'll get a good gauge here against Aaron Brooks. Um, Brooks on the women's side, or go ahead. Yeah, Brooks. Just quickly here, Brooks has bumped up from 84 to 97 now. So yeah, and uh, boy, his athleticism is going to be tough for Tanner. So come on, Tanner. Yeah. Yeah, kind of a clash of styles there, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, well, we'll see if uh, uh, Tanner can do some work on top. That's He's so good on top. See if he might be able to uh, kind of make up for some things there. It'll be fun to watch uh, that. Uh, on the women's side of things, and I'm going to apologize here. I'm going to butcher her name. I did when she was at Iowa Wesleyan as well. Um, Adago, uh, Wachapu, 
uh, from William Penn. Remember, she was a standout for Iowa Wesleyan. Iowa Wesleyan's closed its doors. So now she's at uh, William Penn. Uh, she'll face uh, uh, Yaley uh, Icock from North Central, uh, who's ranked number one um, in the uh, on the NCAA side of things. And then you've got uh, Adago, who's uh, top ranked in NAIA. Uh, then at uh, 160, the University of Iowa, who's in their first uh, season. We'll talk about how they did this weekend as well. But Marilyn Didi, who transferred from Augsburg to Iowa this year for the Hawkeyes' initial season. She's ranked number one at 160. She is uh, listed against Latifah McBride of Life University, the powerhouse in uh, NAIA, uh, who's uh, ranked number one in NAIA. So... Uh, a couple of uh, Iowa-linked wrestlers um, in the men's and women's matchups for the NWCA Classic. Should now, be fun. Go ahead. It should be fun. That is just to put a cap on it here. Uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to quite a few matches there. I think they have four. We've got ten weights for the men, and I think they have four matches for the women going. And so yep. you know, that's 14 matches on a night. That's a good night. And I'll run through them just really quick. Uh, you got Purdue's Matt Ramos at 125 versus Anthony Noto of Lockhaven. 133, Sam Latona of Virginia Tech versus McGonagall of Lehigh, like Coach mentioned. At 141, Lachlan McNeil of North Carolina versus Josh Coderhant of Navy. 149, Shane Van Ness of Penn State versus Kyle Parko of Arizona State. Mentioned uh, Novak and uh, Hurdle, uh, the D two D three matchup at one fifty seven, one sixty five. We talked about Dean Hamity uh, losing to uh, David Carr. He faces Isaac Olenek of uh, Oklahoma State at one sixty five, one seventy four. Carter Starochi versus Makai Lewis, which we didn't even talk about, but that's yeah. uh, that's you know that could be a high you know that could be a main event match. Um, anytime, anywhere between those two uh, champs. Um, and then at heavyweight, Greg Kirk Vallette of Penn State versus Wyatt Hendrickson of Air Force. That could be a doozy as well. Uh, on the women's side, there's Sydney uh, Petzinger of North Central um, versus Samara Chavez of King at 116. At 130, Sarah Savage of Life versus Alexis uh, Yaniak of Aurora. Uh, and then we mentioned the 136 and 160 matches. And the other thing to bring up with the women's matches, uh, the national tournament, the in trying to remember the, I don't want to get the letters mixed up on, on this. The NCWWC championships are here in Cedar Rapids where you'll, see some of those NCAA wrestlers in the All-Star Classic right here uh, in Cedar Rapids in March for the national championships. Uh, of course, you'll have the Iowa women wrestling here as well. Um, and I want to bring up the fact that they crowned six champions at Missouri Valley um, over the weekend. Uh, one, 101, you had an all-Iowa um, final uh, where 
Sterling Diaz beat Emily Gonzalez 6-6 on criteria. Brianna Gonzalez at 116, uh, former South Wind Prep. Felicity Taylor at 123. Esther Hahn at 136. Uh, 143-pounder, Reese Littermendi. And then uh, Sam Calkins at 235, all won titles. Um, did you go down for the Trailblazer duels? Yes, I did. Uh, you know, they they said they had 8,000, uh, sold 8,000 tickets for that event. What was your takeaway, um, you know, from uh, watching uh, those duels with the, the D1 programs there? Uh, the 8,207 8, world record. And I was one of those 8,000 doers. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what was my takeaway? Uh, first of all, the, uh, there was a lot of, it was cool because a lot of the, the teams and I saw coaches with bringing their female teams, their girls teams down. So what a neat thing to do, you know, and, and be able to do and, and see some role models on the mat. Uh, it was a pretty good, pretty neat deal. The Iowa ran away with it, which was expected. There's only four, four Division One schools that have uh, women's wrestling, and none of them. Like I had to, I, I knew where Lindenwood was down in St. Louis area. Presbyterian, <laughs> I still don't know where that's at. And Sacred Heart is that the other one? You know, and I'm like, I didn't Sacred know Division One schools. So, uh, so you know, my point with bringing that up is, is if you're an elite female wrestler. Where you want, where you do you want to go to wrestle? You know, most likely Iowa. That's it's you know, it's a if they have a scholarship offered to you, you're going to snatch that up. Uh, so there, I was going to pick the elite athletes or be able to do that until some of these other schools hopefully start uh, 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 their women's programs. Um, anyway, the uh, uh, so that that was nice. They they ran almost ran the gauntlet until the last match. Uh, that they lost that match, and uh, that was otherwise they they went thirty nine and one on the day. Is that right? No, twenty nine and one on the day. Yeah, two duels, and then uh, so it was fun. It was fun to be there and and uh, support the, the women. Did did the crowd understand the difference that they were wrestling freestyle and not folk style? I mean, were there any crossover fans from maybe the men's team that you know? Didn't yeah. understand what was going on. Absolutely, for sure. They and, and especially in a duel, uh, I had forgotten, you know, because I saw the first duel score and I saw and it was like forty-one to one or something, and I went one, and uh, you know, I had forgotten that in freestyle you can score a point even if you lose the match. So in other words, if you have a technical fall and it's ten to zero, then a technical superiority, then it's then you know I would get their five points. Or if it's Iowa, gets their five points, and the other school gets zero. Now, if it's a say eleven to one score, now that person scored one point, or twelve to two, or whatever, and so now Iowa gets four. Uh, is it four and one? Anyway, the other school gets one. So, um, so anyway, that's I had forgotten that in freestyle uh, dual meets. So, you know, but the announcer and I can't remember her, her name. She does the national tournaments around. Uh, was announcing it at Iowa. Uh, and she did a real nice job of of, of uh, explaining the rules and the scoring. They had it up on the on their the big screen, and and so yeah, it was. That's perfect. But you know, I was looking it up and, and reminding myself. So, 
they, they did a nice job at the University of Iowa. So. Awesome. Kind of looking forward to, to that. I'm last year covering the the women's championships here. I know Iowa was in attendance. Uh, you saw Clarissa Chun and uh, Gary Mayab in the in the crowd, and some of the wrestlers were here. Um, obviously, uh, Marilyn uh, Didi was competing. <laughs> yes. were, you know, um, for that, but I. I I'm kind of excited to to have that come back. I'm pretty sure that's probably on its way to heading to bigger venues in the near future, but I'm really excited to see that here at Cedar Rapids in March um, as well. You know, I think as we had like more of the, I'm going to say power five, though it doesn't really mean that much in wrestling, the power five type schools, as they, as they add the sport, I think you're going to see that bigger venue thing. But right now, Cedar Rapids is, is perfect for it, perfect size. Right. Um, I will mention this. There's 28 uh, girls on the Iowa roster, three three Iowans, Willie Luft LS, uh, from Charles City, Ella Schmidt from Bettendorf, and, and you mentioned Felicity Taylor uh, from Spillville. <laughs> yeah. I skydived into tiny little Spillville on the 4th of July. Really? <laughs> Thompson Brothers. So, uh, we had to take off, I think, from Decora, if I remember right. right. Billville doesn't have an airport. <laughs> <laughs> um, very fun. But anyway, a couple other notes on the on the uh let's see the girls. I guess uh oh I, I guess that's it on the girls, so well, you know, we mentioned uh the women's championships here in Cedar Rapids. Uh, Cedar Rapids has hosted the D3 championships in the past. That's in Wisconsin, across Wisconsin this year, though. But uh, D3's well underway as well. Um, what do you have uh, on the D3 front for us? Uh, well, I, I went, uh, went down to Co College this past weekend. They had their, their, uh, Co-invitational, sometimes called the Turkey, I think, Turkey Invitational. I don't turkey, know. Turkey Invite, yeah. I don't know if they called it that this year. But uh, anyway, uh, Co was there, and Milliken came in. Milliken's a very, you know, top 10 parentally uh, each year. So um, uh, Milliken was there. That strengthened it up. And, and uh, you know, we've got some other ones, like Cornell brought some in for the first time, but it, their varsity was out in in uh, New York wrestling. And I'll get to that in a minute. But so the Co-Invitational – Co had uh, five champions, Ty Cotum uh, at 149 from Sergeant Bluff Luton, and then uh, Will Esmoyle at 65 from West Liberty, uh, Jared Voss at 184, uh, West Delaware, he's down from 97. Uh, at 197, Matt Arsenal, uh, and then at 285, Damari Dancy, who's a transfer from uh, from up in Waverly this year. Um, and then uh, other local notables, it's quite a few, so I wanted to get these guys in. Uh, bro, uh, 141 Brody neighbor Al Burnett took fifth at 157. Dylan Flack at uh, Kent from Kennedy took fourth. Uh, one, 285 Wyatt Smith Lisbon was third. Um, at uh, 133 Wyatt, uh, uh, uh help me out from Benton Community. Um, was second. Um, oh. at, at 125 Gavin Jensen Williamsburg was fourth. 125 KL Long 
from Kennedy was fifth. And at 133, Jacob Reagan from Wakan was fifth. So up, up in the Northeast Iowa there. Um, and then, uh, so Cove had, had a great job. It was a good job. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, da, da, da. Cornell, Cornell went out, to, like I said, to, to Albany, New York, and wrestled the number 11, 12, and 14 teams and did a pretty decent job, really. They lost to number 11, 22 to 11. They lost to number 12, 22 to 20. And then uh, uh, to number 14, at the end of the day, they lost 30 to 10. So matchups weren't as good there. Um, Trayton Stephan at 197 went 3 and 0 from Sumner Fredericksburg. Uh, Landon Card from Norwalk at 149 went 2 and 1. And then their 33 pounder Eli Sneed also went 2 and 1 on the, on the, uh, the week. Um, up at the C, uh, uh, Concordia, Wisconsin Open, CUW Open. Uh, Loris was there, and they uh, some of their place winners, Jalen Schropp, Williamsburg, uh, Bubba, won the oh, tournament, 5-0. Yeah. Oh, he did a nice job. Uh, at 157, Gabe Pfizer was second. And uh, 165, Dustin uh, Boren from Bettendorf was first. 133, Aiden Evans, also from Bettendorf, was third. Uh, 149, Eric Kincaid from Comanche was third. Uh, 165, Ben Faber was fourth from Hampstead. And 174, Zeb Ganida from Solon was sixth. I wanted to get those local Iowan guys and how they did. Uh, okay. Also, in that same tournament, Joe Pins from Hampstead, uh, wrestler, was was a champ. And uh, Matthew Doyle from Independence was third. And that's a big tournament. There's like, uh, you get to win it, you have five matches. So that's a, that's a, a tough tournament. Um, Luther did a nice job at the Augie Open. Went up to it was just up in uh, Augsburg. They had uh, a, a, a runner-up at 125, Christian Chavez, and then they had four that took third. Ryan Craig, Craig at uh, 141, Clayton McDonough, uh, McDonough from Central Springs at 157, Jacob Steenhook from Gilbert at 197, and Walter West was at 285. Uh, University of Dubuque. Was fourth out of 17 at the Albion College Invitational. They had a champ in Tyler Klein at 125. And then he had a runner up, Kale Roth at 165, 197, and 285 had uh, finished third. Tyler Thurston, remember him from North Cedar? Yep. And uh, then Justin Matson was, was third. Also at the Augie Open, University of Upper Iowa, Division Two, they had a champ in uh, 125, uh, Trayton Ackman. Uh, and then they had three runner-ups, runner Kate Murdy, uh, who lost to, to number one ranked Sam Stoll from uh, Augsburg. And then Chase Lundsman was second. He also lost to a number four ranked Augsburg wrestler. And then uh, Lawson Losey from Riceville. And Lundsman, of course, is from Monticello. Yeah. So, um, uh, D2 national champ last year. Right, exactly. And... Uh, Anyway, so big, big, you know, good things happening on the on the D three side, and uh, uh, Yako is ranked in the top fifteen, so I think they can have an opportunity to move up, and uh, and uh, improve on that throughout the year for sure. Sure. Uh, let's transition. I know we're running uh, really long for this first uh, uh, recording. Um, I just want to bring up uh, a little bit about uh, girls wrestling and. Uh, in case you haven't seen, Riley Cole has stepped in as a correspondent for 
the Gazette coverage of girls wrestling. Riley, a long history with the sport of wrestling, going back to her days at West Delaware um, as a manager. I believe she was a manager at Wartburg um, for for their uh, program as well. Um, You know, she has a history in in journalism and has covered the sport um, for various publications. Uh, she's even uh, been involved with announcing at uh, uh, regional and state events. Um, and, and I'm pretty sure uh, she helped with the announcing last year with the inaugural uh, uh, IGHSAU uh, state tournament um, at Extreme Arena in Coralville. Uh, so excited that she's, uh, she's part of our coverage. And you can check out some of the stuff that she has at thegazette.com. Um, but we hope to, to have uh, Riley on the show um, uh, throughout the season to uh, to kind of go over the, the girls wrestling um, happenings and uh, and everything this this winter. Um, but just kind of looking the big tournament this last weekend. On the girls' side, uh, the Independence Invitational, um, a lot of teams there, um, and uh, yeah, twenty-seven teams. This really is kind of uh, uh, like the Cliff Keen that we'll see in, in, a, in a couple weeks. Um, they do a heck of a job running tournaments up there, but Bentendorf came away with a team uh, title. Vinton Shellsburg, number two. Um, they had a couple champs in Bree Swenson and Chloe Sanders, um, but they uh, they came away with second place. Uh, Waverly Shellrock was third, of course. Jared uh, Messi, um, you know the magnificent wrestler at Waverly Shellrock, who is committed to go to the University of Iowa uh, to wrestle for Clarissa Chun. Uh, she won a title there. Um, Cedar Rapids Prairie and East Buchanan rounded out uh, the top five. East Buchanan had a couple champs in Taylor Stifle and Brooklyn Graham. Um, and then Prairie had a finalist um, as well. Um, let me – I'm kind of blanking on the, the name here for a second, but uh, I think – that's one we'll recognize here. Uh, Mackenzie Childers. Yeah, Why I can't remember the Childers name, you know, but she was a runner-up for Prairie. Uh, Katie Seary uh, was a champ for Linmar, and then Ella Brown uh, for Kennedy. Um, she won the 235 uh, division. Um, there as well. So I think she had a, a fall in the finals over Madison Heinrichs of Waverly Shellrock. But um, good showing for some of our area wrestlers up there uh, at Independence, who had a, a champ in uh, 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 Strickert uh, at 170, Izzy Strickert. Well, that's that's a tournament that's been running before the girls were sanctioned. So that's been going that's for right. 
that's a big tournament. So for the girls, now I, I have to go backtrack here. <laughs> this is almost ironic. Uh, when I was mentioning the co medalists, uh, I forgot to mention Gabe Magoo. <laughs> oh yeah. And the reason I'm laughing is because I believe it was Gabe's dad that was as I was sitting there watching the tournament and, and he got up to leave, he leaned over and, and said to me, thank you for your coverage uh, of MFL Marmac uh, at, at the, uh, on the penny combination. <laughs> and then I go and I hadn't noted in a different spot. So then I almost omitted him. So uh, I appreciate those comments. It's very nice to, to hear. And, and uh, so oh, thank God, you. if it was Gabe's dad, thank you. Um, That's why we do it. Right. I mean, not, not for the recognition, but, to be able to spread a spotlight on, you know, the high school and college wrestlers in the sport um, in Eastern Iowa and a little bit beyond, um, you know, so so we can, you know, kind of promote what these guys and, and girls are are doing. Uh, all the hard work they put in deserves, you know, the uh, the attention, even though. They'd be fine not getting it, but it's it's uh, good to provide them with that. Right, and and like you know that goes with me. You know, I don't want the attention, but it was nice that he made that comment. And quite honestly, that's that's my pay. <laughs> you know, because KJ, you know, I'm still waiting on cookies or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and, okay, Nathan. Sorry. I think Nathan needs to. Buy us dinner or something. Make <laughs> uh, have, it, have him treat us to Leonardo's pizza. Oh yeah, can't beat that. Yeah, uh, right. The um, on just my final thought would be this. Uh, my final comment. Um, Spencer Lee's back, man. He's back. Yeah, and uh, he's healthy. It seems, and he qualified, won the national, or won the. Uh, Bill, what's the Bill Farrell, yeah, Farrell Memorial International to qualify for the qualify for the Olympic trials, and then I think did Warner and uh, and uh, Marinelli also qualify? Warner was second. I think Marinelli might have been third. I thought the top. Uh, was I I I'm not I'm not sure how exactly that works. Yeah. Um, because I think they lost uh, Americans in the finals. Now, I don't know. I think you have to be the highest placing U.S. wrestler in that event to qualify. You have to be at least in the top four and be the highest oh. U.S. wrestler to place. And okay. if they lost, uh, I'm not sure if you make the finals, if that automatically, it could be. I'd have to, I'd have to look, double check. I think uh, you're right. I know, I know both Marinelli and Warner were runners up. Not sure if that puts him in the trials. It definitely could. Yeah, I have to look. Okay, I think you're right on that top American. Uh, so, so only one qualifies. Jeez, that's wow. That's a yeah, tough number yeah. for only one. <laughs> anyway, there we go. But I'm sure, I'm sure they'll find their way in there. I mean, that's one thing that probably has been overlooked a little bit. That you know, uh, Marinelli's done well on the freestyle side you know warner's just getting into it after finishing up his career in march uh you know DeSanto has done some good things um in freestyle as well so it's going to be fun to 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 kind of follow um 
those Iowa State you and I guys because you still have, you know, guys like Drew Foster and Taylor Luan and and stuff um, in the thick of things. So, well, you're probably missing the 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 big class. Remember, there's only six weight classes. That's so disappointing. Yeah, six, six weight classes for Olympics, but at the light at the lowest one, one fifty or no, 52, whatever it is. I don't know. Anyway. If, 57 kilograms? If Spencer Lee stays on course, he would then probably meet Gilman, right? Gilman and uh, I thought somebody listed, well, you know, and there's Zane Richards. Don't forget Zane Richards from Illinois. He was the top guy through this last year. Um, so you've got guys like that. Um, I thought I saw, eh, I don't think might have been uh, maybe a mistake, but somebody listed Vito as possibly at 57 kilos. I can't imagine him dropping down from 61, but, you know. Been, yeah. But could you imagine if those guys were all in the same bracket for an Olympic spot? And that's why it's a shame there's only six weights. I know. I know. And you're going you're gonna to hit – you're going to see a lot of that because some of those other weights guys are going to have to choose whether or not they're going down or up. And it's going to make uh, getting one of those spots really, really tough. Right. From 10 weights to six weights, you're going to see that compression pain. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, uh, I, I know we ran really, really long this first time. We had a lot of stuff to get to on the college front. Um, if it's okay with you, let's, uh, uh, just kind of shelve the boys uh, stuff till next week once they get started with their competition. Um, we'll kind of be ahead of the game um, on Tuesday when uh, when things really get going. I think the first day of competition is Monday. Not too many teams wrestle on Monday, so we'll get in right before Tuesday night's action. If that's all right with you. All right. Well, man, I – all excited after talking for the last 90 minutes about uh, all the stuff going on. I'm like really excited for the season coming up or to keep going in some instances. Collegiate season's already running. The, the girls high school is going, obviously women's college is going international is going now kicking the boys and it's, we're in full gear. Lot to be, lot to be thankful for this week. Um, you know, with the holiday and with wrestling going on, uh, we're glad to be back uh, doing the opinion combination podcast. Uh, good to see you again. Hope you're doing well uh, after recovering from uh, uh, your hip surgery and stuff. Good so good. awesome. Uh, look forward to a lot of uh, wrestling coverage this year, whether it be through the podcast or make sure to follow us on KCRG 9.2 uh, each Thursday as we bring you live action um, with them. Coach, uh, thanks again for, for joining us and why don't you take us out with uh, our our favorite line from our friend Late White Schultz. Let's keep wrestling on the move. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. 
Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.